You are listening to Find Your Flow Podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about coaching. Presenting the host, Talia Vardar, Master Certified Coach at the Flow Coaching Institute. Previously, I had a career in international strategic marketing. I traveled the world, which was nice. I don't regret at all. It was very nice. But then, you know, I wanted to do something uh, more meaningful. And the part that I liked about my job, my previous job, was being with people, being a leader, like people's leader, and um, helping my team members and helping my colleagues and my clients. And I decided to become a therapist first. And then after becoming a therapist, I switched to coaching. I transitioned to coaching 13 years ago now. And it was the best decision of my life because it gives it gave me a chance to enjoy um, to turn what I enjoy uh, into a profession, a long lasting and fulfilling profession and reinvent my life, reinvent myself, reinvent my career and, and find flow, you know, through becoming a coach, I um, became I created my flow. So let's start with the questions because we have only one hour and there are so many questions. Can you please bring the first question so that we can start? And in the meantime, let let me just start answering them. So um, the first question is about what is why is coaching a me- coaching a meaningful and fulfilling career? Uh, honestly, um, if you uh, enjoy helping others and um, like helping others and sharing gives you um, joy, then coaching is a very practical profession. And there's a therapy as well. You might say like you can uh, one can help others in many other forms, like, you know, becoming a therapist might be useful as well. So I, if you remember, I told you that, you know, I became a therapist first and then I transitioned to coaching. The reason why I uh, find coaching uh, very meaningful is that because um, life is already challenging for many of us and coaching really um, is a way to help others in an accelerated way because it's solution focused and it really helps the brain to think progressively. And it is uh, the focus of coaching is from the present to the future. Um, we have nothing to do with the past. We can work on the impact or the influence of the past in a solution focused, you know, or growth uh, mindset. But, you know, we really have people to close the gap between where they are and where they can be in the future. And that is really meaningful. 
uh, because you really help people to become happier. You really help uh, people to find their flow. You really help uh, people to have meaning in their lives. And and what is more rewarding th- than that? You know, if you really enjoy helping others. Uh, so um, for me, that is why I think that you know, coaching is a meaningful and fulfilling career. Like witnessing others, peop- other people's success stories, witnessing other people's uh, transformation, uh, and uh, reinventing themselves—that is the you know uh, most joyful experience um, that has been you know uh, the most rewarding experience in my whole career. And I'm 50 years old, so I have some mm-hmm. career like. Um, thank you. Can we, um, yeah, uh, project the other question, please. And the other question is what is mastery in professional coaching? How many more minutes do we have? Like, you know, do we have three hours? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I will answer, uh, this question as short. I will try to answer it as short as I can. So mastery to me is like, you know, um, you know, when you are a beginner coach, uh, clients might be scary for you. <laughs> so when you pass that point of uh, that point that clients don't scare you anymore, then you know that you are uh, becoming a master. So when uh, you just show up, when you have the courage uh, to show up as yourself, and when coaching uh, becomes a big part of who you are, like on the identity level, then then um, it is mastery. Like, and when you ask those questions, like the powerful, uh, thought-provoking coaching questions to yourself to help yourself to guide yourself, then you know that you are uh, processing uh, mastery on a subconscious level. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is that when all becomes natural for you. And when you pass beyond um, the fear of failure uh, in life and with others, then you know that uh, you have mastery in professional coaching. At least that's my experience. And Simon, other than the recommended reading list, what books on coaching specifically did you enjoy? That's a great question. Simon, I am just assuming that you are a student at Flow because you have our reading list. Um, so I um, have one advice, if you accept my advice. Please read the book uh, Flow a few times. And then the book Authentic Happiness a few times because every time I still read it and every time I read it, I find it very like, you know, intriguing and I discover new information, new insight, new um, source of inspiration for myself and for my uh, journey. And the other things, um, the other books that I enjoy is... Uh, books from Carl Rogers, 
on becoming a person, for example. And I was very lucky because Carl Rogers' student, Natalie Rogers, was my mentor and teacher uh, since I am an art therapist as well. So on the humanistic psychological principles is the foundation of flow coaching. So I really strongly recommend that you read On Becoming a Person. It's a, it's a great book. Thank you, Simon. What was the hardest challenge to overcome to move in this direction? Oh, that's a great question, Sonia. Thank you. I think the fear um, um, in the beginning, I would say the first year maybe or the first two years is like um, I was I was successful in the second year. I knew that it was going to work for me. But sometimes you just doubt about yourself and your skills so that's the hardest challenge to overcome the the inner doubt self-doubt and lack of confidence in the beginning of this um, profession was the hardest challenge so what I did to overcome this challenge since we are coaches you know we don't get fr frozen you know, we um, think in possibilities as coaches. So I hired a coach. I hired through my coaching career since I started, since I was a student coach. Uh, I worked with five, if not six different professional coaches. And, and nowadays there is one uh, coach that I work uh, with on a regular basis because we all have like, you know, get stuck in our lives from time to time, um, having a witness uh, to share and to help us to provoke, provoke, stimulate our thinking and help us think creatively is the best, you know, uh, solution I found. Thank you, Sonia. How can you create a fulfilling and long-lasting co successful coaching career? Um, the students, if there are students in this call and, and my mentees, you know, that uh, work with me, they know that I believe in uh, investing in skill development. So your delivery will uh, bring you clients. So if your coaching is powerful, then you know your your current clients will refer you to other people and then you will end up having like 10, 20, 30 clients. So please invest in your uh, skill, uh, coaching skill. And how can you um, invest in your skill is first um, education, like training, the right training uh, with the right skill set. Uh, second, um, a flow coaching institute, we give you a structure if there are students or if you are from other schools or if you're thinking about like, you know, becoming a coach and uh, th this might be a useful uh, advice too. So have a methodology like and, and follow a methodology that will become your signature that will distinguish you from other people from the crowd of coaches. So follow a methodology, master that methodology, practice, 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 work with um, credentialed mentors like PCC and MCC mentors, ICF credentialed mentors, coach and be coached. So these are 
the basics, the foundation of creating a successful career. And on top of this, whatever you do, marketing, networking, reading, content education, these are the next steps. Like these are ongoing things, but you have to be mentored. You have to uh, coach. You have to be coached. You have to get feedback. You need to um, um, turn reflection, ongoing reflection into your uh, regular habit, like reflect after each session, what worked, what uh, hasn't worked, what can could work better, and what will you do differently in the next session. So those are the foundations. And on top of that, connect with people. We are in the business of relationships. So your relationship building skills um, will help, will bring you clients. And um, if you are shy, like if you're introvert, I'm sure it means that you, you, you're skilled in turning um, your relationships into deeper relationships. And that's, uh, that's really a skill. Uh, So invest in your relationship building skills. Uh, We are in the business of relationships. And then, you know, marketing, choose a marketing platform that works for you. If social media works, that's great. If LinkedIn works, that's great. If you are better in one-to-one connection like myself, I am better in in one-to-one connection, then connect with people. Um, And and find creative ways of... um, connecting and use what you have. I really believe in a resource-based approach. Who do you know um, is a great resource that you have? And just exercise. Who do you know that can connect you with other people who can help? So if not, um, also hiring a business coach uh, is and a mentor is also a good strategy. Thank you. Dwari, uh, at ground zero level, what can be compelling to convince oneself that coaching is for you as a career and profession? That's a great question. And I have a simple answer to this question. Ask your heart. If your heart enjoys and loves helping others, and your heart knows that, you know, coaching might be a fit for you. And if your mind um, has doubts, uh, but your heart knows that, you know, this career, this is a path for you as a career, listen to your heart and then figure out um, with the help of your mind uh, how you can plan this. But if it is your mind thinking that coaching is a great career path uh, because there are so many opportunities, then ask your heart, do I really want to do this? Do I see myself doing this for many years? So um, that is the exercise everybody should do in the beginning. Because if your heart... Uh, doesn't enjoy coaching people, helping, like, you know, having these one-to-one intimate conversations with others, then it's difficult to, you know, um, be in this business for many years. You will uh, have a burnout. So ask your heart. Your heart knows the answer.
Did you gradually build a business while working your other job or quit and just go for it? That's a great question, Sonia. Thank you. Um, so I, um, when I uh, became a coach, I was already a therapist. But what I did to become a therapist, I did it gradually. I was still working full time. And I started to um, study psychology. Uh, I didn't quit my job. And then step by step, I built it. And then when I transitioned to coaching, I was a full-time therapist in an institute in Vancouver. I didn't quit it. I became a coach. I invested in my skills. I um, practiced in the evenings and weekends. And then, um, and then I knew that, you know, um, it was going to work for me. And we have a lot of students doing the same thing. They don't quit their uh, day job, like in a full-time job. Uh, they invest, uh, they practice uh, whenever they can. And then when they feel like they're ready, um, they go for it. And for a lot of people, including myself, um, because we like variety, coaches are possibilities thinkers. Like we like to have a variety. Um, I coach and I coach full time and I also um, facilitate and teach. So I would say uh, coaching is 60, 70% of my you know, um, individual practice. And then I still have some therapy clients, I would say maybe 20% and then um, 20% teaching. So it really, there are so many possibilities, uh, but you need to really um, reflect project and, and also plan. I would like to know what skills do we need to excel in coaching in addition to answering powerful questions? That's a great question. So, um, Reem, I know, uh, I remember your name. Uh, I know you are a student coach, if not an alumni. Um, so uh, you remember that we teach verbal communication skills. So um, as I always insist that we are in the business of relationships, the first uh, skill that you need is relationship building. Like, you know, you need to work on um, establishing relationship, building rapport and maintaining rapport and trust, you know, cultivating trust, you know. So this this is a very important, you know, skill and also it's a ICF competency. And then other than uh, these, of course, verbal communication skills such as like, you know, verbal softeners, summarizing, paraphrasing, reframing. Those are very, you know, important uh, tools um, in a coaching conversation and listening and, and being present uh practicing listening practicing uh that powerful coaching presence because we communicate not only verbally but on the energy level so your energy also is is very important and also um like professional manners investing in your professional manners presenting yourself as a professional coach and maintaining that presence also is important, which includes the looks, how you talk, your terminology. So those are also important. 
and um, understanding human nature also. If you have a chance, you can read those books that we recommend, like, you know, um, which will improve your understanding of human nature. Uh, that's important. And understanding human motivations, like, you know, uh, what is our practice and habitual system about motivations also is important. Uh, and and how you listen through motivational levels, like, you know, if the person is motivated on the identity level or if the person is motivated on, uh, through their values, value system, if the, motiva- if the person is motivated um, through their skills and resources or by action. So the, developing the ability to listen through those motivation levels and uh, coming up with the right response to that motivation, you know, that you just, you know, listen in your coaching sessions is a great uh, asset for you as a coach. So that's very important. And also um, the flow and model and methodology uh, is very effective as well. Like, you know, um it helps you to listen where you're and to follow um, where the client is through different emotional states, whether the client has apathy uh, towards the goal that you have been talking about or whether the client is bored in their lives or whether they lost a, a sense of meaning in their lives or uh, whether they're looking for increasing flow in their lives. So if you remember if you look at the flow model and th- listen through the lenses of the flow model that helps and that really helps you to come up with the most powerful question or summary or uh, observation uh, with the client. And other than those, like, you know, sharing observations about the client with in a respectful manner, of course, by asking permission um, is another skill. Sharing some success stories without dominating the session uh, is another great skill. Uh, Sharing failures, like, you know, um, or like, you know, um, some of your experiences also. Uh, is possible uh, to run effective and powerful coaching sessions. How do you run group coaching sessions compared to single? That's a great uh, question. I will start uh, with uh, some update on the International Coaching Federation uh, side. So recently, International uh, Coaching Federation updated the competencies. Uh, Those of you who are uh, our students and graduates, they already know. So, um, and then, you know, after that, they also... Uh, updated the team coaching competencies. And the team coaching competencies are exactly the same with individual coaching competencies. However, the context of coaching is different. So um, I always do see, I have a lot of experience in team coaching and group coaching and and community practices. Uh, So I always see um, the group uh, or the you know uh, team as one person, and I address I see them as one person. The skills that I'm using uh, 
uh, or the coaching skills and the structure is uh, the same. Like I still use our architecture, the architecture of a flow coaching session. Um, however, um, the listening and observational skills change because when observing one person and listening one person is different than observing and listening a group of people. So um, I have this meta perspective and systems perspective when I'm coaching and I really watch and observe. And um, in the beginning, uh, I... Uh, have a contract with all team members and then I prioritize and then uh, throughout the session we address them um, or group them and then I observe and then just you know I ask like you know uh, Simon did you have a chance to think about this question or like you know, Laura uh, did you have a chance to uh, come up with an answer so um, try to be inclusive as much as, you know, uh, I can. And um, watch about the interpersonal dynamics because in each group there is a pioneer. And then, you know, uh, some people are more extroverts. Some people are more, you know, shy to talk. So I really try to create an inclusive environment where it is safe for everyone to speak up and to trust and to process, but the competencies are the same. And I, I use our architecture and the tools that we share with you, like the wheel, I use it for goal setting, uh, questions are the same, um, the interpersonal dynamics, um, and the time management also is an important skill in, in group coaching because you are not coaching one person. It's a very different you know, uh, time management skill than coaching uh, people. You should also have a minimum number of people uh, depending on the topic. Uh, the good news is that, you know, uh, we have a team coaching program, group coaching program and team coaching program that we um, deliver in companies and corporations. And um, through uh, my conversations with the ICF, we will be able to open it as a public program in a few months. And please uh, follow us on our social media. And if you're not on our mailing list, please uh, re register, sign up for our mailing list. We will share the good news. What do you recommend us to become a good coach? Um, I think I um, already answered uh, this question uh, when answering other questions. Um, but one thing like, you know, uh, Reem, um, that I really care um, because this is a profession of meaning, like creating meaning, generating meaning in your own life and also in other people's lives. So I really um, follow the lead of my heart and is I, I ask myself, are my actions like, you know, uh, driven by my heart, by love, like by the love that I have for coaching. So as long as you love coaching and you do um, work towards uh, turning it into a profession and uh, be open-minded uh, and flexible 
and and work with um hire like coaches um from time to time to help you become aware of your blind spots and as long as um your love for this profession versus your ego drives you then i think you are a good coach and then you uh, maintain that presence Heather, when do you when you first started coaching? How did you build your clientele? Um, that's a great question uh, too. Uh, so um, I did a few things, uh, but the first thing is um, I I coached myself. So I, uh, for those of you that are not coaches uh, yet. Um, in this call, uh, we teach something we call as the wheel of uh, goal setting. So I use um, the wheel uh, to and ask myself uh, what uh, success looks like. Looks like, and uh, by using the wheel, I created a success wheel for myself, um, and uh, then prioritized my actions. Um, so I was serious and very uh, intentional uh, that I wanted to succeed and I wanted this uh, profession work for me in the long run. So that intention um, needs to be refueled from time to time. And uh, one person asked like the challenges sometimes in this profession, you have some doubt uh, like, you know, um, but, you know, you need to revisit uh, your motivations, your intentions, and and then, you know, uh, maybe set up new goals for yourself in this profession. So the intention and self-coaching by uh, using uh, the tools that you learn uh, in the coaching program are two uh, initial steps. And then what I did when I was a student coach, I sent out an email to my network and said I was a student coach and I offered three pro bono sessions and I ended up having 12 clients and nine of them became uh, paying clients after three months. And so you really need to be willing to stretch yourself um, in reaching out to others, for some of us, it's easy. For some of us, it's uh, difficult. For me, it was difficult. Um, I'm not an extrovert by nature, but I did it and, and it uh, was a success. You know, it turned out well. And then, you know, um, I, I created a plan and, and also I coached everybody, Heather. Like I didn't try to, I didn't get fixated on like, you know, finding my niche in the early days of my coaching career. I coached everybody and that gave me a great understanding of human nature and, and like what people want in different, like, you know, uh, uh, cultures um, and different age groups. Uh, and then, you know, slowly, you know, I knew I reflected a lot, like, you know, and then 
then I knew uh, who was attracted to me and who did I enjoy coaching the most. And then I created a plan to reach out to those. And uh, because of my corporate background and my leadership executive background, I was attracting a lot of uh, like executives. And I um, realized that, you know, I wasn't doing executive coaching, but I was coaching executives. So I didn't uh, get fixated about positioning myself as an executive coach, but I coach a lot of executives um, on their life problems, on their individual problems like isolation, loneliness, lack of love, uh, burnout, you know, all of those things. And uh, to this day, um, like my even like my early clients uh, are still we are still in contact with them. So I hope this helps. How can you sustain your personal and professional flow while walking the path to mastery? Um, it's really um, about being intentional. And uh, like, what is it that uh, I want to do with my life? And what is it that you know, I want to, um, or how is it that I want to be useful to myself and to others? And um, being intentional, you know, and, and, and reflecting, like, you know, I reflect a lot. And there are times where, like, you know, because you are in a profession of working with others, sometimes those others, like, you know, people like to bring share with you the most intimate and vulnerable or sometimes even like, you know, um, challenging uh, stories of their lives. And if you are an empath like I am, I am very empathetic, you need to um, do some grounding work from time to time. And um, since I am an art therapist as well, and I'm a, an arts lover, uh, I paint uh, and I create symbols. And uh, I'm a nature lover as well. I walk in the nature um, a lot and uh, meditate to gain clarity uh, very frequently and connect with um, my friends, with um, others and talk like, you know, share um, a lot with my husband, who is a coach as well, professional certified coach. Um, so those really help my personal flow. And on the professional flow side, uh, I like to create uh, three things motivate me a lot, creating uh, new things, sharing, like what we are doing right now, for example, is really giving me a sense of flow, like sharing what I know and learning uh, from uh, others and uh, getting inspired uh, by others also help my professional flow. And also, of course, coaching itself, like, you know, the actual uh, action of coaching increases my flow. My clients inspire me a lot. What is the track that leads to mastery? Hmm. 
If I understand your question, John, uh, um, you're asking about uh, the certification tracks. So the uh, first uh, thing that you should be doing to become a master certified coach is to finish an ICF uh, accreditation training. Like um, uh, we have like the core foundations program, we have the business uh, coaching certification program, and then we have the all-inclusive ICF ACTP advanced certification program. So you need to finish um, an ICF accredited certification program and become a certified coach, ICF certified coach. That's the first thing you should be doing. And then on top of that, you know, um, when you finish an ICF certification program and become an ICF certified coach, you might be asking yourself, what is next? You have two options. Because you use the word track, um, I am explaining you the uh, certification tracks right now. So you have two options. If you finished um, either uh, like a core foundations program, or the business coaching program with 60 ICF approved coach specific training hours, um, you can apply for ICF's ACC credential. ACC means Associate Certified Coach. If you finish the all-inclusive 125 hours ICF ACTP certification program, modules one to six, then you have, you can apply uh, to become an ACC and PCC, or you can skip ACC when you have an ACTP certification and just go ahead to PCC if you have the coaching hours. And so what are the coaching hours um, to, for each credential? For those of you who are not familiar with these, you know, credentialing terms, ACC, PCC, and MCC, I will just explain. So to be to become an ACC, to, to apply for ACC, let's just, you know, those, uh, pardon, uh, pardon me, let me just go like and take a step back. So ACC, PCC, and MCC are three credential titles um, proposed by the International Coaching Federation many years ago. And to apply for those, uh, there is a prerequisite, and the prerequisite is to finish an ICF accredited coach training program. So for and then on top of the program training program, you need to finish certain uh, coaching hours. And for ACC, you have to complete 100 coaching hours. For PCC, 500 coaching hours. And for MCC, Master Certified, you know, coaching, you have to complete 2,500, minimum of 2,500 coaching hours. And um, I think it was two years ago, ICF updated the, you know, uh, rules. And one cannot apply for MCC 
if they are not PCC. So first you have to become a PCC coach. Then when you have the hours, client coaching hours, then you can apply for uh, MCC. How long has it taken for you to become an MCC? That's a great question. So um, it's um, to become a PCC, let me just explain that. Uh, it took two years for me to become a PCC coach. And then uh, nine years uh, in total to collect the hours, hours go cumulative, by the way, uh, to uh, collect the hours, log in my hours for uh, MCC. So uh, nine years in total. But, you know, PCC also is a you know gold standard in the industry. Um, and MCC is, I did it uh, not because I needed it. I did it because it was a way of, uh, self-acknowledgement of my commitment and dedication to professional coaching. Thank you. When you started your coaching career, did you have to register yourself as a business? Um, Simon, I don't know which country you are in, but it really depends on... Um, the you know uh, regulations and the law like you know and tax system in uh, your own you know country um, so in Canada I was in Canada um, I didn't register it immediately because in Canada we are able to um, invoice uh, or uh, give a receipt uh, up until we reach, we reach a certain income level. So I waited to reach that level. Then we register. Uh, I register myself as a business. But it really depends on where you are and your country's tax system, tax regulations. In Canada, um, uh, you have to register. If you... Uh, it's a declaration-based system, so you declare your income, but, you know, uh, when you reach a certain point, you have to register. So that's when I registered my business. Where does one start to create a long-lasting coaching career like yourself? Where does one start? I think the, the best way. Uh, is to really um, invest in your uh, in the right uh, skill set of professional coaching. I really believe in uh, refining and and developing your skills as a coach, and like as you coach people, as they experience a shift. During your sessions, and keep like you know uh, referring your clients, uh, then it means that um, it's working for you as well because as you uh, as your skill set inspires others, uh, it means that you know they will bring you new people, new clients. And then it means that you will stay for long years in the business. I think that's the that's the most important foundation uh, for a coach. And the other thing, 
And to my surprise, um, I don't, uh, sometimes I see that, you know, coaches uh, don't hire uh, like coaches for themselves, which is a great surprise for me. And I believe in the energy of giving and receiving and working with another coach, like hiring a coach and becoming a coachee and experiencing uh, that like, you know, a state of sense of becoming a coachee, like, you know, uh, is really very useful. And how will you be uh, in service of your coaches if you don't have the experience of a coachee, like of being a coachee? So really working with a professional coach and becoming a coachee is very useful. So I think uh, it's very uh, important. And working with experienced uh, mentor coaches and getting feedback and supervision also is so important and and turning coaching into your uh, into a habit of uh, weekly practice in the beginning i remember uh, the first year i remember i was uh, trying to uh, have at least three coaching sessions doesn't matter with whom and it doesn't have it didn't have to be regular clients because in the beginning no one expects you to have regular clients but i really wanted to create a habit of thinking through questions that therefore uh, i coached 3 hours and i worked on like you know reaching out to people to be able to coach them i even coached taxi drivers like cab uh, drivers reached out to like you know uh, my neighbors and you know uh, my friends and my sisters um, so i would say 3 hours coach for 3 hours for the first year of your coaching career you will realize that it will be, make great impact uh, on your uh, effectiveness as a coach. This is where I would start. Krishna, how life coaching is different from executive coaching, performance coaching, neuro or brain coaching? Um, I don't know if this is the answer that, you know, um, you uh, were expecting Krishna, but to me, all coaching is life coaching. I see us human beings um, as uh, like, you know, a whole person, whole individuals. And from a holistic perspective, from a systemic perspective, when you are able to create a shift, positive shift in one part of your life, the whole system moves on, moves forward in a positive direction, in a good direction. Therefore, like I coach executives, I coach C-level, I coach future leaders, like uh, second generation, third generation leaders. And you know what? I'm not a, I'm not coaching them on their business. I'm not coaching them on their like, you know, leadership skills. I'm coaching them on their life issues. So uh, one can say I'm a life coach for like, you know, uh, leaders and executives. However, to be more specific, to give you a more specific answer, life coaching focuses on um, 
the person, uh, of course, the person knows what they want. And, and as change agent, you support them to uh, we help them. If we are life coaches, we have our clients to think of where do they want to be in their life. And and uh, in what direction they want to change? Um, do they want to reinvent themselves? Do they want to find their flow? And what kind of transformation do they uh, are they looking for? And it's like you know um, about their life. And and I would say from a positive psychology perspective, um, we focus on helping them to increase their happiness, sense of happiness, sense of flow sense of joy from life. Whereas in, for example, performance coaching, the focus of coaching is um, more um, restricted and limited to specific goals, such as increasing sales in a workplace, increasing leadership effectiveness, increasing team uh, management uh, effectiveness or productivity in certain area. So the goals are more specific. In executive coaching, uh, if the um, person um, sometimes uh, is, um, the person is referred to you by their company, so the sponsor is their company, you might have more specific goals such as like, you know, uh, governance improving their uh, governance uh, effectiveness, improving um, their um, presentation skills like talking better or like creating influence in front of an audience might be a topic in executive coaching. Um, And whereas in neuro uh, or brain coaching, it's a style of coaching and part of the flow coaching program offers that um, brain systems coaching is a style of coaching and um, a brain uh, like, you know, it's about creating um, difference um, by taking into account the uh, research and findings of the latest neuroscience about how our brain works. And uh, we teach uh, neuro coaching in the flow programs um, because the neuroscience uh, now shows us how to change habits in one's life. So what we do, uh, we bring together the coaching tools with the neuroscience, you know, findings and uh, share some processes to help our coaches to uh, coach their clients on uh, creating habit changes or creating um, behavioral changes or emotional changes by using the uh, brain systems. But it's a style of coaching. It's not a niche. What are the steps to specialize in a certain coaching, for example, team coaching or wellness coaching? Um, The first thing is to uh, become um, certified as a professional coach. And then um, 
I mean, team coaching is very different than wellness coaching. However, you can become a team coach uh, for, with a specific focus on wellness. So, you know, it really depends on uh, how do you want to position yourself and your brand as a coach, Reem. And uh, in team coaching, um, the skill set, the competencies are the same as I answered, but you need to be more interpersonal. Um, and, and more observational, observing uh, one person is different than observing a group of people. Um, so I suggest that, you know, um, you um, read and maybe um, if you don't feel comfortable, you can take a more like, you know, specialized course. But I don't think that it's necessary. I believe that, you know, uh, the skill set you receive as a professional coach and then gaining practice in the specific area where you want to specialize. Like, for example, if you want to uh, become a wellness coach, you need to understand the dynamics of wellness, read, um, train yourself and then practice and then uh, get supervision, work with a mentor that is specialized in this uh, specific area and gain, get feedback from them. Me coaching one person there. I think I already answered that. Yeah. How much salary does a professional coach make? Yeah, that's always the, you know, uh, question, uh, isn't it? So in the beginning, um, I will be very frank here, if you don't mind. So in the beginning, especially when you're a student coach, um, I wouldn't worry about making money so much. Uh, but so I would just, you know, barter, you know, um, and, and just, you know, find ways of exchanging. And then um, maybe um, think about a, an amount that makes you comfortable, like a $50, $100, $120, and, and then try. Um, and in uh, the beginning, uh, when, uh, when I offered like free bro pro bono sessions and when uh, my clients wanted to continue, I charged uh, $90 uh, when I was a fresh coach and then increased it to $120. These are all Canadian dollars, of course, because I was in Vancouver at that time. So um, then, you know, when you uh, gain experience um, in the uh, profession and then you increase. So right now um, the um, salaries per session change from um, 150 and per session per hour for a um, ACC coach and then goes up to like for like a master coach it was really up to uh, $500 per person uh, depending on the clientele that you coach. If it is team coaching and if you're charging daily, it changes. Uh, daily rates are different than, you know, uh, hourly rates. So uh, you can really uh, search up your market wherever you are in the world um, to find out uh, more about uh, the salaries. And also, are you? these questions should be answered. 
Um, and we teach those like, you know, we have a session in module six. Uh, if you, one of you, I, I don't know, I don't see people by here, but if uh, you are a student, uh, I assure you that in module six, we will have a session about this and help you to find out the right, you know, salary uh, strategy. So there are different strategies you can charge by session. You can charge um, uh, by day. Uh, if you're a team coach per person or um, a package, like a package of six sessions, that's also uh, very common uh, in North America and in the corporate world. What are current trends in the coaching industry now? That's uh, a question that I really uh, would love to answer. Um, the, with the pandemic, um, we have questioned, uh, you know, the way we used to live. And, and that is not only common uh, for like individuals, but that is also common for uh, corporations and organizations. So I think um, um, one of the things I, um, that we have experienced since the beginning of the pandemic is uh, helping uh, organizations and companies building resilience uh, during this time. So that was a very common topic that, you know, we have been working with different organizations. Of course, remote coaching. And if you're thinking about, you know, uh, becoming a corporate coach or executive coach or leader coach, um, uh, working with remote teams, diversity, is a big topic and inclusion is a big topic in North America, especially and uh, creating an inclusive culture as a leader, uh, remote um, leading remote teams. Those are hot topics. And since um, agile uh, become being an agile, you know, uh, employee is a hot topic, and and you know, digital transformation uh, is a hot topic. Agile coaching uh, is a hot topic nowadays, and uh, in life coaching, uh, really uh, reinventing yourself. And life transformation, helping others uh, for life transformation is a hot, top, hot topic. And flow is a hot topic because that's what we want in life and finding your flow, helping others find their flow and uh, really uh, helping others uh, find their purpose and meaning in life coaching uh, and individual coaching. Those are hot topics. Thank you for listening. Subscribe now to find your flow.